Welcome to The Corner, La Source's digital show dedicated to the sport and entertainment industry. Every two weeks, we invite a professional to share their experience, background, and challenges. The sport industry moves fast, and having their insights is the best way to keep up to speed. Welcome to The Corner. Hey everyone, very happy to have you here for a new episode of Le Corner, uh, our international series. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by Ross Tanner. Hi, Ross. Hi, Sam. How you doing? You okay? Pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, very well, thanks. Just um, moved house a few weeks ago, so busy with that and finally settled. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to, the, to, to speaking with you on this podcast today. Well, we're also glad to have you here. Quite a, quite a story, so a lot to tackle here. Um, and also very happy to be joined by David. Hey, Dave, how are you? Hey, Sam. Hey, Ross. Very good, very good. Terrific. So, Ross, for those out there who don't know you, can you give us a quick introduction of yourself? Yeah, so for those that don't know me who are listening to the podcast today, so my name is uh, Ross Tanner. Um, I'm the new business and sales director for Pixlot. I have two responsibilities with Pixlot, uh, one of which is to um, develop new business opportunities with our global partnerships. Um, so those predominantly with some of the big agencies that you'll be very familiar with, Sam. Um, so people like Sport Radar, uh, IMG, uh, Genius Sports, um, and my old company, Stats Perform. Um, so really looking at different opportunities that sit within those, whether it be on the low latency streaming side, whether it be through through coaching services that we provide. Um, so that's my kind of um, sort of main remit across those global agencies. In addition to that as well, I am um, also responsible for uh, the UK market here in terms of growing the, the sales um, that we have in this market. Um, so that's me in terms of uh, my, my kind of responsibilities currently. In terms of me as a person and my personal background, so I have a wife and a 15-month-old daughter called Mia. I spent 15 years living in London um, before, as I mentioned previously at the start, moving to Surrey recently. I grew up in a small provincial town called Shrewsbury. Um, for those who are perhaps international listeners, it's on the border between England and Wales, um, so just inside the border of, of England. Um, I'm a huge football fan. Um, that's kind of shown in my in my CV and my work experience. Um, what is your team? What is your team for everybody to judge you from the get-go? Yeah, so it's it's Shrewsbury Town is my team. So they're in the third tier of English football. So as everyone will probably know, it's the Premier League Championship and League One. So the guys that are in are, are in League One. So I spent a lot of my time in my youth watching the games, going to home and away games all the time, and I still to this day actually. COVID aside, go to quite a lot of the games based here in London. And obviously, my family are still based up there, my parents, my brother and their and their family. So I try and get up there to, to four or five games a season. So, yeah, that's kind of me in terms of background. So I'm sure a lot of us have discovered this club um, with, with this introduction. Um, but yeah, just to get a, give a little bit of background. So you're currently at Pixelot, but what's interesting, and as you mentioned, you worked with Stats Perform before, but you also work for a league, a club, a content production house, data provider, now video hardware. You've kind of done it all in the sports environment. 
Yeah, I was, when sort of um, looking and preparing for this podcast, I was like, you actually take a step back and think, actually, for the 15 years of industry experience I've had, I've been really lucky to work for, as you say, a club, um, a league or federation, um, a data provider and a production house. Um, and so each are hugely rewarding places to work and all have their own sort of differences in terms of the way they operate. I mean, look, with the EFL, for example, you get to really understand how a league works and operates from the full end to end in terms of the way that the fixtures are all planned out, the way that the commercial operations work to appease all the 72 clubs, how they deliver cup finals. So the EFL Cup, the EFL Trophy and the playoff finals it's a huge operation um, and it's politically quite challenging, I think, as well to drive revenue for the member clubs. Um, look, as you probably know, you've got someone like back in the day when I was there, you have people like clubs, should I say, like Leeds United, Nottingham Forest, who have been hugely successful in, in English football over the years. And then you've got my club, Shrewsbury Town, or even clubs in League Two, that have very different budgets and aspirations in terms of the way they want to sort of look at look at the game. It's, it's also hard, like, oh, other than that, just the way the EFL is structured, right? It's not an American league where it's all closed, where it's for the EFL to pick up the tab and, you know, create the growth for everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 it effectively all the money that's is generated from those finals, from title sponsorships, all goes back to the clubs. Obviously, there's operational costs within the league itself, um, but effectively, it's all given back to the clubs. So it's 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 tricky, um, but it's it's a hugely, like I said at the start, a rewarding place to work, um, and it really kind of gave me a real kind of eye opener into that world, really. Um, I had a really good job there in terms of working with some of the rights holders that that, that work with the EFL at the time. So Sky Sports, BBC did the um, the highlights program, and Pitch International, who did all the international distribution. And I was also part of the team as well that developed a YouTube network for all of the seventy two member clubs. Um, and that was a great sort of learning to help work with those clubs to understand. Or, or, or learn with, I'm should I say, how to educate them to produce video content on that platform. And I'm going back to sort of the 2013, 14 at that time when video and social was really changing. Um, and it was trying to get clubs out of that kind of an official voice tone, if you like, that you have when you work for a club and trying to sort of be a bit more fun and engaging with your audience to appease to that, to that lower, sorry, that younger demographic. That's the bit I think where I think it was good. And I think that's what what a lot of good YouTube clubs do at the moment in terms of what Manchester City have done over the years. We tried to sort of replicate that with some of the clubs. And I think what you do see is a, a good set of clubs, even to this day, really kind of evolving their, their video on YouTube and in social. Yeah, absolutely. And also the confinement was a great opportunity for a lot of those clubs of creating their own direct-to-consumer platform because they had the right for some some extent of time. And actually, some of them did really well in generating profit uh, out of those direct-to-consumer small white-label environments. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, and so overall, which side of the table do you prefer sitting on? What was the most exciting experience to date? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about this, and I think it's, it's really tricky to, to answer. I mean, I love 
the creative process of television production. It's extremely rewarding. I love planning a, a live production. I love developing it and I love executing it. Um, and it was really, I got to a stage of my career probably about six years ago, um, slightly longer, seven years ago, where I was in a fortunate position where I was traveling to European away games with Chelsea Football Club on the plane with the players, interviewing players such as John Terry, Ashley Cole, Frank Lampard, Carlo Angelotti at the time. It was great. It was really rewarding. But I think um, I think it reached a ceiling where, when you, as you know, Sam, when you have uh, family and kids and, and commitments, you just think about, okay, is it best to kind of evolve what I'm doing and maybe look at other things? Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I think the commercial side. Um, as you know, Sam, it's 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 rewarding, it's challenging. But I think I think ultimately, what I sort of came down to is where where do I see myself um, in the future? And I always thought to myself that the commercial world was something which was really interesting and exciting. And if I can combine the creativity of what I did in production with what I'm doing in the commercial world, I just felt like I could add a lot of value to that that kind of area and that's probably one of the main reasons why i moved and shifted into into the commercial world yeah and i'm pretty sure that this background is really like helping you like every day like when you have like conversation like about business but about like day-to-day -day activities you can understand like what is the activity uh, in a club and why they are not like so responsive sometimes because they are just like playing like every three days or stuff like that 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, the experiences that I had with Chelsea, um, you, you understand the the constraint of the club. You understand the areas of focus. Um, look, the club, when it's certainly on the media side, you are effectively the mouthpiece for the club. Um, you need to ensure that all of the content that comes out of the club is effectively promoting the club. Um, so, for someone who wanted to be editorially creative with the content it sometimes you you were kind of held back to a certain level because you had to be that kind of promotional tool um but it was a good learning curve and look I, again when we when i look at selling pixelot services into into clubs or or leagues you kind of because you've worked at these places in the past you can you can tailor your proposition accordingly Um, and ensure that you know that actually you know on the media side or the coaching side, this is their pain points, and this is what you kind of um, are looking to solve for them. And I think for something like Pixelot, where it is it is an automated um, set of tools that we have, it enables them to kind of look at it a little bit more in, in more detail. It's very interesting because I've only done one year in a club uh, in my very in the very early stages of my career. Uh, but I would never have thought that uh, the way of you finding a better work, personal life balance was to move to the startup side of things rather than stay in the big organizations because it always feels like on the startup side, um, calendars are much more intense and the hustle is, uh, is pretty intense. But you're saying that actually, regardless of which side of the table you're sitting on, the volume of hours is very important. It's just very different. In a club, you will work on unusual hours and on the on the startup side it will be maybe longer days but on a weekly cadence yeah so i mean with when you're working for a professional club and you said you said just you've spent a year doing it yourself it's 
it's very intense. You're you're in a in a nine month season. Um, if you take into consideration pre season, and then even these it's less so when I was there at Chelsea, but more more these days. There's a lot of um, post season tours they do. So effectively, you're taking up the majority of the year in the in the realms of working within within the club all the time, doing different things that you need to deliver as part of your role. Mm -hmm. It is challenging um, for sure. Yeah, it's challenging. Yeah. Interesting. And so now getting back to what you're doing today at Pixelot. So for for, for our, our listeners who don't know what Pixelot is and what, what, what type of organization it is, it is an AI automated sports video organization to begin with. But now it sounds like you're doing a lot more. Like you mentioned low latency. So very technical aspects of video workflows, um, coaching services. What is how would you describe Pixelot in an easy manner for our listeners? Yeah, so so Pixelot as a business. So to describe them or to describe us, should I say, we are effectively an end-to-end -end production solution. Um, and what I mean by that is we try and deliver effectively from glass to glass a production workflow which is automated to to different customers across the world. Um So by doing that, what we do is we set up um, a camera in a venue. It will automatically film. Within that workflow, you can add in broadcast graphics. You can add in commentary. You can add in advertising. And then you can also add in um, streaming off the back end to, to go to wherever the destination may be. For example, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. All of that remotely, right? Yeah. So all, all will be done automatically so you can send you have to set it up in the back end first in terms of of all of the information but once you've decided upon that once you're in the within the football example within the 90 minutes then it will automatically do it all for you within Pixlot as well we also have a an ott solution so the ott solution where you can uh we brand it up for for the customer into their look and feel you can put into the to the ott player live content, VOD content, advertising again, and then you can wrap around um, a payment model to, to your fans. So it could be pay-per-view, it could be season passes. You may do a mixed model of uh, payments or you might want to do advertising and give the content away for free. So that's all, all of that is done uh, internally at Pixelot. All those components that you just yeah, mentioned. Yeah, so all, all of these components are all are all produced in house at Pixelot. So our, our vision at Pixelot is to democratize sport. Um, what we want to do is deliver more sports content at a fraction of the cost. So we know, or I know certainly here in the UK, and it's probably replicated all across the world, is that. Sky Sports, the Premier League host broadcaster here, and BT Sport, the incumbent UEFA Champions League uh, rights holder, they spend millions of pounds on producing high-end multi-camera production. Um, we're not in that market or in that space. Pixelot are very much looking at tier two, three, four, five, all the way down to grassroots sports. We want to basically unearth games that have potentially not been produced before and give the opportunity for them to have um, live production um, that they may have not have had before. So we just in terms of some quick numbers for you, Sam. So we think from our research, there's a huge underserved market. 
So we think there's probably around 200 million events currently not broadcasted across the world. This is sports events of various sizes. That's, we think, around 132 million in soccer and basketball alone. So we, we, we think that there, if we get the, the pricing right in comparison to the, the ROI from these events, then we think there's, there's a huge opportunity. And there is. We, we've got 18,000 systems, pixel-lock cameras in the market currently. Um, we've produced over a million live games to date. Um, we produce around 190,000 monthly live hours. So it's it's already a huge business, um, and it's only been going since 2014. We spent probably the best part of a couple of years developing the the AI which goes into the cameras, and then we really went to market there afterwards to provide these tools. Um, and that, that's interesting, right? Because, for example, you have a partnership with Barcelona, so you also look at very tier one organizations in the club sector, but it can also be used for your Division 8 organization, or is there a price point where, you know, like that an eighth division club couldn't actually afford Pixelot? Yeah, so there's, it's a good question, Sam. So <clears throat> we have tools that suit different um, sectors and, and customers. So you're absolutely right. We have um, Barcelona Football Club as, as one of our key customers. And on that side, we provide um, multiple cameras that go across um, their their football fields uh, at their HQ. So whether that be uh, in the training complex, it may be across the other sports as well. So as you know, Sam, it's not just football that Barcelona Football Club do. They do field hockey and other sports. So, so we have systems that help them improve performance analysis Um, so we have actually a, a, a partnership with these guys that we work, our R&D and product team work hand in hand with Barcelona's innovation team to basically iterate the product to make it more intuitive for uh, for coaches across all levels at Barcelona Football Club. As we know, perhaps less so at the moment, but historically, obviously, Barcelona, one of the biggest clubs in the world, right? They have a huge history in developing talent. And so I think what they recognized that a lot of video footage was being captured across different football events and, and other sports at the club. And they wanted to consolidate this and, and use something which was uh, forward thinking, such as Pixelot, with their, with their kind of tools that we have. And, and who is pushing more like on your end, like to get this kind of solution? Uh, is it like more the leagues and the club? Uh, to provide like more content to the broadcaster and to sell more content, or is it more the broadcaster to get more content to stream to the fans? Is there like a difference? Yeah, so I'd say the the predominant focus for Pixlot, and, and this does vary from market to market. I would say that the the kind of federation league level and club level is where Pixlot's sweet spot is. Look, if you come to to one of my customers. Um, that we have over in Ireland, we live produce, we have over 25 systems over there in the Republic of Ireland to cover three leagues. Um, and just to take one league, which we have over there, which is the women's um, championship that they have, so they're their first league, they had never had live streaming before up until earlier this year. So by using Pixelot's 
tools that enable them to to stream content and enable them to grow the game. And I think that that kind of case study that we've got there is 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 hugely important for 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 the FAI, the governing body, to grow women's football and and get that exposure that it needs. And so, whilst we see sort of men's second, third, fourth, fifth tier, wherever it is, we also see actually for Pixlot to actually pivot into the women's side of sport and help accelerate the mantra of governing bodies um, to grow women's sport across across the world. And that's that's where Pixlot are actually focusing a lot of their efforts on. Yeah, definitely a good opportunity, I think. And so for those who don't work as much in that in the space as us, what does it actually take to have a Pixelot production in terms of the, the the setup, in terms of the human resources and how fully automated is it and how much data points do you get actually out of it? So if you had to recap, just between the internet bandwidth, the original setup, and then how fully automated is it versus how much does it still need a little bit of human input in there? Yeah, it's a good question, Sam. So first and foremost, what we do is we would go to, to, to a venue to scope out where the system, the camera system might sit at a field or venue. So we would look at effectively putting a camera on the halfway line, taking football as the example. And then we try and put it in a place where it had a certain amount of elevation. So you get that holistic view of the pitch. Um And then what we do from there is 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 fix install the camera, which would take a couple of hours from from one of our guys to install. Then once it's installed, we've connected up into um, into in, to ensure that it has internet power. So upload speeds to do live production. You're looking around four to six megs upload speed that we need to to do live production. Um, and then from there, once that's all set up you'll have access to to Pixlot CMS and you can effectively schedule a number of events. So if you are a club um, you can and you know your fixtures for the next six months, nine months of the full season, technically you could actually put those fixtures in the CMS beforehand, uh, choose where your destination is or it's going to go, the live feed. Is it going to Facebook, Twitter, your own OTT or the one that Pixlot's created? then you could actually effectively let that run as it is. Um, you may want to add, obviously add in commentary and broadcast graphics. Those two bits are a little bit more of a human touch, but the, the end-to-end of live production, the way that the algorithm works, it follows the ball as the action happens. So effectively it replicates what the camera guy or camera person would do on a normal camera one position. So that's that is replicating that experience and that that is truly automated. So ultimately, camera is set up, you have the internet connection, you decide your endpoints based on the calendar of the competition, and then you just have to press play for the content to be distributed on the ch- different channels. It's not, it out. it's not even a plus, press play, actually. So yeah. it's uh it's yeah, it's totally right. so if you're saying that 3 p.m. on a Saturday you want to begin that live production, then it will it will do that. So you could set that two, three, four, five months in advance if you want. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And so are there a lot of clubs out there that actually set it up, no human resource at all, and that actually 
play their um, their content live week in, week out? Absolutely, yeah. So a lot of clubs all around the world do exactly as I've just described. Um, so, so some of my clients over in, in, in Scotland, they they have our full suite of, of tools that they, they leverage effectively. So live production, they add in their score graphics, their, their lower third graphics. They Some of them do commentary themselves. They then distribute that content via the OTT that we've created for them. And then they they charge for that content. They charge five pounds, six pounds, whatever it is, to to create revenue for for their for their club. Um, and I think what we did see during COVID, and it's slightly changing now, but I still think there's a, a good business case for it all, is that they were for the cost of the systems um, and the production that we provide, the, the the teams, and we're talking semi-professional teams in Scotland were double tripling the the return on their investment which is a great story for for us at Pixelot to showcase actually this can make you cash yeah i bet you get that question quite often yeah. uh <laughs> yeah i mean look it's it's what we're finding is there's there is that kind of use case around live streaming which is predominantly um Pixelot's focus but Within the camera head itself, and this is different to what you get from a manual camera person, with a manual camera person, you get that kind of left to right as the action happens, as you normally see on broadcast television. With a Pixlot camera, as you probably know, you have that, that camera one position that simulates what the camera person normally does at that kind of view. In addition to that, you get two other views as well. So one of which we call a tactical view. And that tactical view is is predominantly used for for coaching analysis purposes. So, taking football as an example again, it would focus in on all players um, at the pitch. So it give you a more wider view of of what's going on. So if you are a coach, you may want to focus in on on what's going in. Sorry, what's happening at like for example at set pieces, the way that the teams might defend, the way they might do high presses. The coaches can use that video stream automatically to then do their performance analysis. On, on what? Um, on, so, sorry, Ross. Uh, what is the number of cameras you're putting like to get like all this view? Just one, and after you can like duplicate the, 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 the number of images that you get. Yeah, so so we have different cam cameras that do different things, but predominantly, if you take one of our kind of more popular cameras, um, it's called Pixlot Show, which is our S1 camera. Within the camera head itself, it's effectively got four cameras. So you've got two cameras that will focus um, on the left-hand side of the pitch and then two cameras that focus on the right-hand side of the pitch. And what we'll do is basically stitch together those four images to create one image effectively. Um, and then in the back end, what we do we're using the AI and machine learning is we create those different views that I mentioned. So the broadcast view, which simulates the camera ex experience, tactical view which gives you more of a wider view of what's going on and then the third view which i've not mentioned yet is the panoramic view so the panoramic view gives you another sort of view which we find with customers can be used for different for different reasons so one might be for fans to kind of see a different view you can actually pinch into the image and focus in on different areas we find sometimes that fans quite like that kind of 
experience. And then the, the, the other side is for coaches that they, again, might want to use that to pinch into certain areas and do different things. And no, so exactly. all- the, the, the end user can decide to zoom in on your player. You have a player that allows the user to zoom inside the image with that panoramic view. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we give that kind of within our application, within Pixlot, we have our own app where you can you can do exactly as I've just described. So whether that be for a fan, so a fan could effectively take, if the club itself or league gave the permission to, to, to syndicate that panoramic view, technically a fan could go in there and pinch into the into the image itself. So it's a digital zoom. Yeah, uh, it has to be in the pixel art environment, though. It's not something that can be embedded inside the environment of your customers. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It's a good question. I'm not sure whether it can be done outside that. <laughs> but that's super interesting because when you're speaking about like all the, the possibilities that you have with the tool, now we can understand why low latency. I think like if you are like streaming new competition, I think like for the for bet for betting companies, it's like huge in terms of opportunities. Yeah, so we we've seen and I've I joined the Pixlot business on March the first, and we've seen a huge amount of growth. Um, since I've been here already in low latency streaming. Um, there's, there's, there's some great case studies we have already where we're providing Pixelot technology to federations and their member clubs for them to do what I just exactly described. So they will do media streaming for their fans using the systems. The teams may also use it for coaching analysis, same as well. But then on the other side of the coin, the the streams will also be used on a low latency capacity for, for, for bookmakers. So people like Genius Sports, Sport Radar, IMG, they will do uh, they will syndicate our content to then go to to Bet365, William Hill, wherever their customers may be. And so it's it's a great for me, it's a great um, sort of case study that we have with these big organizations where for me, this is the area which Pixlot, I think, is, is is hugely interesting. Actually, that's a good point. Is Do you think the future of Pixelot is around improving the quality and the number of uh, point of views that you can have, right? You said you had three, or is it in gathering more AI-driven data points uh, as a business to be more in the data business than in the video business? Well, I think to go back to what I was saying before, I think for us, it's about providing end-to-end production tools from from a media standpoint. Um, within that, you do, I mean, there is there is another product that we acquired um, in 2019 called VidSwap. So that is our effectively our coaching analysis platform. So when you go into, when you live produce the content and you may take our tactical view video stream, that video stream will then go seamlessly into the to the um to, to the VidSwap platform, and then in the VidSwap platform, you can actually um, it will already be synchronized the video and the data. Um, so you can actually go in and look at different passages of play and do more of a deeper dive into into what's going on there. Um, so yeah, there's this the honest answer to your uh, question, Sam, is that. We, we we wouldn't necessarily be looking at more data points. I think for us, it's about providing um, the ability for for coaches to to look at the data points we have in our system. But I do think there's an opportunity to maybe 
either partner or look at different maybe internally around the tracking data side and how we can merge that with with performance level data um that for me is is an interesting area which you may know some from my time at, at stats performance opta that i worked on the the uh, innovation committee with with football data going in the premier league um in conjunction with second spectrum and we were all always looking at new ways to to editorialize the tracking data and performance data to to bring new metrics to the market and i think for us if we can potentially get to a stage where we can we can provide that type of data but in a easy to understand way for for coaches and maybe for fans then then i think we've we've maybe got into a, another area which would be exciting for us Interesting. Um, and you, you kind of are answering it, but would it be fair to say that your key market is that semi-pro close to amateur, but still looking to do a little bit of profit? Like that's your biggest market out there? Or would it be tier one clubs because just the, the budgets that you can get with tier one clubs are still so relevant compared to the, to the bigger play of uh, smaller organizations? What would be your key core market? Yeah, so... I think it's it's evolved over the years. I think at the beginning of Pixlot's journey, I think it was focused in on elite football clubs and elite sports clubs. And I think that's still a hugely important business for us. But I think over the years, what we've tried to do is, like I said at the start, is to democratize sports, so providing our tools to to every sector uh, so, and every level of, of sport. So recently, you may have seen that we uh, launched a, a new solution to the market. So Pixlot was always known for um, fixed install cameras into venues. We now have a solution called Pixlot Air, which is a solution where you can move from venue to venue. So it goes up onto a tripod five meters into the air. You synchronize the mobile app in terms of the between the your your oh, sorry our app and the camera itself, and then it will automatically film um, the game as it happens. And that entry level solution is used by uh, anything from a Sunday league club um, through to a, a private school through to a university. So that end of the market, I think, is is an area which Pixlot will will certainly focus on and are, are focusing on at the moment. It's it's a it's a really big market um, because look, what we do know is that the the younger demographic really want to have the same tools um, and experiences as what uh, professional elite sports players have, and I think for us, if we can provide the automated um, cameras and then the data tools to help you improve your performances analysis and provide highlight clips and different things for for younger players to do um, at schools and universities. I just think that that bit is the, the, again, the really exciting bit for us. And I think the bit we'll, we'll certainly focus on, on, on us as a business. That's a good point. Actually, do you already have automated highlights being created on the platform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have... Um, what we call suggested highlights. So they will be AI derived in terms of stuff that we think is editorially relevant for the customer. That said, we know if you are working for a club, you may want to have highlights which are more focused in on 
on you as a club. So you may want to have more highlights on, on your team rather than the opposition team. So, yeah, we suggest highlights, but it's ultimately we know that um, certainly for, for me as working in production in the past, you want to ensure that you have the right editorial tone of your highlights, really, for your fans. Yeah, <clears throat> interesting. So it, it really looks like you're doing product iterations and covering the whole workflow, going from the capture of content, simplifying a little bit the messaging to actually adapt it to your audience, but that you're trying to bring the full ecosystem to any organization so that they have one go-to destination for all that comes to production highlights and everything that a media organization would do through the likes of your solution. Absolutely. that you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, I think, Sam, is that that's, that's really... Uh, the focus for us it's it's look it's quite it's quite a funny one really because uh i obviously spent a number of years in production and doing a lot of this the manual work which basically pixelot does automatically um but look i think with with ai and machine learning it gives us that opportunity like i said before early in this in this podcast is that it gives us the opportunity to provide these tools a real cost-effective price to enable ones that maybe haven't produced content before the ability to do so. Um, like I said, we're not really going to compete at all with what Sky, BT, other production houses do all, all across the world. That's not our our kind of focus. It is around that kind of lower tier stuff that we think that there's, there's that opportunity. Very interesting. And maybe a tricky a tricky question for you to answer Uh, to, to finish this off, uh, having worked on the stats performance side, right? Whereas the human uh, human resources are capturing the data points because it provides more accuracy and overall for the moment, probably what is to be the best uh, data feed in the market uh, for a long while. Um, and now being on the other side of the picture where it's all AI driven, how far away do you think we are from being able to completely replace uh, human beings by machines you already did it on the video side of things do you think we're close to being able to do it on the data side of things still i i yeah i mean obviously i'm not in r&d or product but um i think i think my my thought process on this is that we're not going to be too far away whether that's derived and developed within pixlot itself um it's it's something i guess that guys i'm sure are working on i think there's probably other businesses out there as well that are looking at this really closely and I'd probably include my old company in that as well. So, so yeah, uh, where are we in terms of that roadmap? It's a good question, Sam. Um, it's, I, I, I kind of defer to the ones that are more experienced in that area than me, but um, I can't, I can't imagine that it's, we're, we're too far away from that. Cool. So I'll have to ask somebody from second spectrum on the next podcast then. <laughs> yeah. um, and to, to finish this off, what can we, wish for you and picks a lot so personally like what's your what would be your ultimate goal for the next couple of years in terms of ideal scenario of picks a lot being used by a partner yeah so I, for me i think it's i think it is focusing in on like i mentioned that that's kind of market where leagues federations clubs have not had production before i think it is around focusing in on on the the women's game as well because look we know that 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 kind of those areas have have been maybe been underserved over the years. And I think that if we can try to focus in on those more to provide tools to get them produced and get more exposure and 
then I think that's only a good thing for for, for, for women's sport for sure. Um, and I think the other the other area of focus for us as well, or two areas, is is certainly that kind of entry level uh, stuff we're doing with Pixlot Air at the moment is a really kind of the, the kind of low end of the market where you have maybe your son daughter and you you get the ability to 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 have a live production or analysis of your games that that area is 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 for me an exciting one to to kind of focus in on and then just finally around the the low latency um stuff we do with with the the big agencies i think that area is is again the business model we have with these agencies and and working closely with federations and leagues and their clubs is is an area which i think that we'll focus in on quite heavily over the course of the next one, two, three, four, five years. Yeah, I'm sure David, as a former poker player, can relate to the to that last element of the thing, the one on getting the highlights of all the goals of my kids as a father and probably on your side too, is the one that resonates the most. And I'm willing to pay a decent amount of money. So the technology that will bring it to market to allow me to have all the goals of my kid uh, when I'm missing out on his matches, uh, I'm I'm here to pay for it because all yeah. the, all the big clubs needs to to It's, see that already. Yeah, absolutely. I think look, I think when you're professional and you've got uh, a busy job and you're traveling and you're working late and you've got kids that are playing on a Saturday Sunday evenings when you're maybe not always there or can't always attend. Um, for me, this is where the air solution comes into its own. If you've got the ability to. To, to have those highlight clips to then through our application you can access it and then a, a, a family member can can look at a goal that maybe been scored by 30 yards now if you weren't there in the past then you would never had that opportunity to, to to see that goal but now with with our solutions you 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 do have that ability to do so yep i see a huge potential there um ross it was great having you Uh, great exchanging and understanding a little bit um, the journey of Pixelot and and the progress of the technology because it's I, I don't even know if we can still call it a startup at this stage uh, scale up at the very at the very least and giving the size of the company and the number of prestigious partners that you have now um, but it was great exchanging with you uh, hope you had a good time too no no Sam it's really really good to talk through um, everything on the podcast and um, many thanks for having us on Nice. David, any final word? No, always good to speak with you guys, you know. <laughs> see you <laughs> see you in the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Hope you like this episode. Um, you know what to do. Share it with the people around you if you like it. It's available on any podcast platform. So always happy to have you here and look forward to having you for the next episode. Le Corner.